Breaking it down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, once again, Diane Britsky is our very special guest. And she is uh, she's just a wonderful advocate for, uh, for wildlife, uh, nature, and uh, the environment. She's an environmentalist. But uh, her real focus, and you could read all about it, and now you see me from uh, endangered to extinction, uh, is, is just that, endangered species. And we have way too many of them. And, but get her book, uh, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Diane Brisky, how are you? I'm doing fine, Frank. Well, yeah. As well as anybody could be doing. Yeah, well, listen, you're, you're, you're hanging in there, and your heart's always in the right place. And, um, and, you know, again, we talk about so many different things and, you know, we, uh, we got so much response when we talked about Peter, uh, last time, uh, the, uh, people for, uh, ethical treatment of animals and, uh, which is a great organization. And we talked about that and we got such nice response, uh, back. And, uh, there, there's a lot, uh, you could say, uh, about what's going on in the world. And, and I think Peter has a... Uh, a real handle on on some of the same things that you're talking about, and uh, I, you got you got to feel good about what they've done. Yeah, they've been um, uh, all over the world, I guess. And I've always thought it was just like one little office somewhere, but I found out it's not. They they have um, people all over the country, all over the world, really, because that's where. Um, the abuse and the cruelty of animals are. Now, um, <clears throat> I got a letter this week, an update um, from my membership that uh, they are going after uh, people or, or really organizations that are capturing uh, and caging the owl monkeys. Now, these are monkeys that I've never heard of but uh, there were pictures in uh, their uh, bulletin of all of these. They're little, little. They're about the size of a squirrel monkey. And they're pay- caging them, and they're selling them to laboratories. Uh, and they're doing this um, <clears throat> for uh, not just the, the inject, inject them with uh, insecticides, um, germs they're also doing surgical procedures uh which makes me sick to my stomach gosh um, they're still taking um uh, monkeys i mean they're still taking uh and it, they take the little ones which uh then i don't i figure they can get more information from them and then and of course uh um, the silverback and the brown bear, uh, blackbacks are going to go after them. So naturally, they have to shoot them. And uh, this is on top of the cruelty. But there's been so much research on on saving the gorillas, the mountain gorillas, the lowland gorillas, and um, uh, chimpanzees. It's uh, and I really think that they pick on uh, the primates because they're 
so close to humans. And I think they figure, well, if we can experiment on them, uh, we can eventually help humans. And um, if I knew that they were doing this and medication was coming from them, I would rather stay the way I am than take the medication. Yeah. But uh, PETA is trying to stop that. And it's, it's not just in Africa, it's in Asia, it's in India. Uh, China, and um, I think they have to be very, very careful uh, when they go in. Um, but they want to shut the, shut them down. Um, uh, another thing is uh, they've worked on shutting down uh, the roadside zoos. Now these are zoos that are, you know, say for example, you took a, a drive to kansas and there was a sign that said oh a zoo ahead and you go in there and you see these animals in cages you can't touch them but you can you know see them that's very cool uh they're in cages they're not in a natural habitat they're just there to uh, have tourists stand by and take their picture and uh, they have no license to have uh, exotic animals. Uh, they're getting those animals from uh, dealers that have exported them from one country, imported them here, and sold them. So they're in the process of going around the country, uh, closing them down. And then uh, we'll take those animals and put them uh, either in a sanctuary or a preserve, uh, whether in a natural habitat. Hopefully, uh, we got one bear uh, at the Detroit Zoo. I don't know if I mentioned it the last time. He was in um, <clears throat> a roadside zoo, and um, he was locked up. He was he was chained uh, so the people could see him. But he was he was abused to make him sound ferocious. Uh, when they finally went and shut that zoo down, the Detroit Zoo got him, and they named him Hams H A M M S. And in Michigan, that was the name of a beer, <laughs> so he was always known as Hams, and he was. I mean. You could go past him. He would sit up, uh, really photogenic. I got a great picture of him, and he was he was happy. You could, I can go buy a cage of an animal, or uh, their their habitat, and I can almost tell by the look on their face how happy they are. Um, I've been watching. Um, the uh, Discovery Channel, and they, um, it's mostly the uh, Tampa Zoo and the Columbus Zoo uh, that have been taking in um, abused animals. They don't necessarily take them from uh, the roadside zoos. The preserves take them. Uh, they, they, they rescue them. They uh, service them by a veterinarian. 
um, and they put them in a natural habitat. If they can be released back into the wild, um, they will. If they can't, they'll keep them there in a natural habitat, uh, habitat uh, for the rest of their living life. Um, zoos, um, <clears throat> uh, well, I don't want to get into that because that's a different. That's a different right. That's we'd need a whole show just on that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's where I get a lot of my information from. But I wanted to get into that. I've been doing research on YouTube. I want to get into reptiles, which um, I know a lot of your listeners are going to go, "Ew, they're not important." Um, well, in a sense, some of them are. Uh, what I want to get into is that um, you, you go to a zoo and you go to the uh, reptile house and the, naturally they're all behind glass. But these uh, people on YouTube, uh, they have rows and rows of Rubbermaid, Rubbermaid containers. They breed uh, pythons, and they don't breed them to, you know, sell them to zoos or anything. They breed them to get a, a hybrid. Um, the, uh, um, the only way that I like snakes are for their coloring. There are some beautiful snakes out there, mostly pythons. But these people, I mean, these snakes are uh, 200 pounds at least. And they take the clutch of eggs. Uh, the, two, the two pythons are bred. They take the clutch of eggs. Um, they incubate them. And then one show they'll be opening the egg and get, oh, 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 look what we got here. Uh, you get a different coloration of the of the baby. Um, I'm against that. I mean, I know there's people out there that love it, but to me, they're using these snakes. Now, I don't know if they they take the babies and um, you know, sell them. Maybe they maybe they get sell them to zoos, but these the mothers are very protective as any any animal would be. You might need a, a drink of water there, but uh, I got one there. you got one. Um, well, I, let me just remind folks of who they are listening to. Diane Brisky is our very special guest, and binge listen to everything that we've done together. She's terrific. Uh, the name of the book is "Now You See Me: From Endangered to Extinction." And it's a, it's a great book, but it's a, it's also a heavy subject. And you know, we're talking uh, a bit about Peter here um, and uh, the the great work that they've done. And um, Diane and uh, I both are applauding them. Uh, Diane, um, it, you were saying? Oh, the, um, these uh, pythons are the uh, the longest snake. Um, the anaconda is the heaviest. Uh, when I worked at the zoo, um, there was a man, a man that called 
and uh, talked to the director and said, um, I have uh, a 20-foot uh, python in my basement. And my wife said, either the snake goes or you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we got the snake. They, the herpetologist went and got the snake. And then um, they kept it in the back until they built a habitat in the, um, the reptile house for him. So he could live the rest of his life out there. Um, that That's different. For people to keep uh, a python, I mean, you buy a little python, yeah, well, if you live long enough, it's going to be 21 feet or more, not to mention the weight. But they breed these snakes, and then they'll get a clutch of eggs, and they'll incubate them, and then after so long, they'll bring them out. And then they slit them open, and they get all excited because they got a, a different coloration. Well, my question, what do you do with them? You know, they have rows and rows and rows, hundreds of them. And this is in, um, like, reptile land that you can go and visit. Yeah. And some of, some of them are on display and some of them aren't, but I'm just against breeding them to get a hybrid for the coloration and there's so many of them on YouTube that you can see um, I, I'm sorry but they take the, um, the clutch of eggs from the female who's going to be very protective um, she's curled up around them uh, when they try to move her she's going to lunge out at them with an open mouth. And I, I hooray for the snake. I want to yeah. see this guy get bit. And a couple of times he has, and uh, the clutch is kind of like they're, they stick together so he can pick them all up at once. Then he lays them out and counts how many. It, it's just a big show. It's just a big show. And, um, some of the some of the snakes, I have to admit, are are beautiful, but they're also very dangerous. Um, the pythons are constrictors. Uh, when I worked at the zoo, uh, they got uh, we went in the back by the kitchen, and the woman working there uh, separated the mice from the rats and the rabbits and I knew that they were going to feed into the to the snakes uh, that's that's a matter of life because those animals are um, more or less farm bred uh, but I mean that they would get that in uh, you know in nature but I did uh, some of my volunteer work in the herbatorium and got to know these snakes. Um, a friend of mine who worked with me uh, filled me in on a lot of information. Um, here in Michigan, we have a rattlesnake called the Madagascar rattlesnake. 
Um, you get good bites, but not really all venom. Uh, yeah. Vipers, if anybody goes traveling, uh, you can tell a viper their head is uh, shaped like a triangle, like a, a Indian arrowhead. Yeah. Um, that you stay away from. Um, for with some of the rattles, any uh, any vipers have that shape. Um, rattlesnakes, uh, people are the under the impression that um, oh, if you're walking in the desert, they'll just shoot out and bite you. Well, yeah, that's true. Snakes have very bad eyesight. Uh, rattlesnakes uh, go by not exactly seeing boots or people they hear them they have they can feel the vibration of people walking in fact there was an episode with jeff corwin where he proved this he had a telephone and he just put the telephone between him and us and the rattlesnake rattlesnake did nothing telephone rang and vibrated and the rattler shot out mm. so that was um you wouldn't think well they got little ears in there uh, when they go looking for something to eat in their mouth they have what's called a jacobson organ and um, that's where their little tongue comes out and it brings that back uh their rattle is a warning uh, if you hear that rattle, just you know, move away. Yep. Um, people think that the uh, number of uh, uh, what do I want to call them? Uh, the poisonous snakes? Are you talking? Or are you talking? Yeah, the, the rattlesnake. The yep. little, um, I a, call them button. Oh, a, a, a pygmy, maybe pygmy rattlesnakes. Yeah, that the the rattler. Yep. They think that the number of rattles, more or less, um, on a snake tells you how old it is. That's not true. The, rat, the, the number of those tells you how many times that snake has shed. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's a, that is a warning. I mean, if you hear that, you know, move out of the way. Sometimes the rattlesnake will have what's called a dry bite. Uh, it may shoot out, and it will shoot out at, to somebody at full length, which should be four or five feet. Um, it can have a dry bite. Uh, it depends, have they used that venom before, because uh, it has to recirculate to get back to the fangs. Uh, there's some really deadlier snakes than a rattlesnake. Um, the coral snake, for for example, the coral snake could be deadly. Right. In fact, there was a, a years and years ago, there was a reptile keeper. Uh, I'm not sure when Suey was. That. He was it, he was bit by a coral snake and died. Um, it's a fast venom. Uh, they're found. They're found mostly in Florida. 
Arizona too, right? Arizona right. and Florida. Well, yeah, <laughs> technically Arizona. Um, but they they mentioned uh, ten deadliest snakes. Naturally, it would be a cobra, um, a gaboon viper, a black mamba. Um, these snakes uh, are deadly. Some of them that bite uh, are neurotoxic um, or hematoxic. They inject their venom within seconds it's working through the bloodstream. So you have time to get to a, a hospital where they have um, the uh, venom to uh, inject. Sometimes it takes, you know, 10 vials of the anti-venom uh, to work. Um, the cobras, they say, uh, you can die within minutes. It works that fast. Hits the muscular system, hits uh, your breathing, uh, and uh, I, I give accolades to the scientists that go out and uh, collect these snakes to milk them because that's where they get the anti-venom from. Yeah. And then, of course, they release them. But uh, I, I just wanted to let anybody know I'm not anti a snake. In fact, I had never touched a snake um, until I taught preschool, and one of my little four-year-olds brought in a garter snake, and uh, naturally I couldn't pretend I didn't want to touch it, and it was just a small one. So I touched it, you know, and said, oh, wow, this is great. So it made the kid feel good. Um, I have never touched a larger snake. Um, when I went to the Cincinnati Zoo, uh, we had a docent meeting, and I was able to touch the, the back of an alligator. Mm. You know, like, oh, wow. Um, but uh, as, as far as reptiles, um, I don't want I don't want parents to not like me, but <laughs> don't buy it. <laughs> they'll get hate letters well, go to you look um, look there's a couple couple of points not to interrupt you here but uh, a couple of points here i think um you you made well there's a lot of points you've made and all, all great uh but it, you you mentioned people get a little python you know a baby python and uh and and they uh you know they think it's interesting and they want it to grow bigger but uh, so few people could really, could really uh, handle uh, and give a, a snake like that, uh, especially once it gets large, the proper space, the proper um, environment that they need. And wh what happens is uh, when they outgrow their, their homes and their wives say either the snake goes or you go, they, they put it out in the wild. And the Florida Everglades, for example, and all different places in Florida are now overrun with Burmese right. uh, pythons, and it's affecting the, you know, it's affecting the uh, ecology out there, and it's just a, a terrible uh, practice. Um, by the way, years and years ago, when I was, a, you know, I'm 56 now, when, uh, when I was a little kid, maybe six, uh, seven years old, people used to 
come home from Florida uh, to New York with baby alligators as like a little like a little novelty. And, and if you think of how cruel that really was to do to take, you know, first of all, the, uh, the you know, a, a, a alligator out of the wild or if they're, you know, growing them just to do this and to give that send them home as uh, as pets. I mean, uh, that's not a suitable pet to have an alligator. And and people, when they started getting too big, they'd flush it down the toilet. And, you know, all these rumors about New York City sewers being uh, infested with uh, with alligators and eating rats. Down, you know, who knows what's true and what's legend. But the idea is when you take these exotic animals, and, and Peter is right on with, with all of this, when you take these exotic animals and you try to make them into something they're not, and that's domesticated pets, uh, for our enjoyment, for our quick, I, you know, it's it's uh, the height of cruelty with animals. And then you see what happens with this, what was that crazy guy, the Tiger Man? Uh, you remember that guy, Joe, uh, uh, Joe Exotic or Joe, whatever the heck his name was. And, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, th- this was a guy who rightfully is in is in prison. Um, and, you know, hopefully people like him, you know, go there. And I mean, these these are people that are. Um, th- that are uh, handling animals that they shouldn't handle, and and again, I'm not anti-zoo per se, right? But I'm certainly anti. What, what was his name? Joe Exotic, or uh, you remember the guy I'm talking about? He had tigers all. Yeah. Yeah, but he he turned it into a you know real. I mean, I, and and these animals were were poorly taken care of, and um, just not enough room. That's the problem I have. The uh, exotic. Pet trade is, uh, is, you know, they're the devil. I mean, these people and they're, what they're doing is um, it, it, they're, they're making money off of the, uh, the lives of, uh, of, of these beautiful creatures, whether they're reptiles or, or um, uh, you know, or tigers or monkeys or whatever, uh, and, and putting them in places that they shouldn't be, and they just don't care. It's like the puppy mill uh, people, you know, they... Uh, they they think they're, you know, uh, providing somebody with a cute little puppy. But, you know, what happens to the mother and how did they get there and, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, uh, Diane, yeah, but please, please continue. Oh, well, uh, talk, <clears throat> talking about reptiles, you're right. It, it is not snakes, lizards, uh, iguanas. They are not the best pet for a child. Number one. <clears throat> the iguanas, uh, uh, the snakes, the lizards, they carry salmonella. I don't know if uh, people knew that out there. And when you go to some of these places, oh, you want to pet this iguana? I'll hold the head. You have you pet the tail. Oh, here's a snake. You know, you can pet the tail. Well, they don't let the kids wash their hands, for one thing. They do carry salmonella. Um, I had, uh, in fact, I have water turtles down in the basement that I took out of a, a aquarium store. The little green ones, which are now um, <clears throat> against the law to have. Now, these water turtles, red sliders uh, of the shell, is almost nine nine inches long, and uh, they don't real people. 
Oh, remember the little um, uh, plastic balls that you put your little green turtle in? It had a mound and a, and a palm tree up there. Well, they never told you how to take care of the, those turtles. When the turtle gets a, a soft shell, you know it's sick. It doesn't have the calcium it needs. Uh, I have um, I have three of them downstairs, and they're they're outside now because of the weather. And um, I feed them what they're supposed to feed. They have the stones there to come up and bask, because uh, reptiles are cold blooded. Uh, all reptiles are cold blooded. If it's hot outside. They go someplace where it's cool, bring their body temperature down. That's why you, you can go to a pond and you'll see uh, a turtle sitting on a log. He's cooling down. Or I'm, I'm sorry, he's basking up. If he gets, he gets the sun that warms his body temperature, then when it gets hot enough, he'll die back in the water. So if you've got uh, a reptile in your house. You have to make sure you have the right habitat for them if you're uh, really going to keep it and be um, uh, involved in taking care of it. Uh, that's when I say I'm not against it totally. It's the kind of uh, animal you take. Uh, and you should be very careful where you purchase uh, these animals from. Now, PETA has also investigated PetSmart, uh, the condition of how they keep their animals. Uh, I don't know if they've gone as far as Petco, but they've warned people uh, about uh, buying animals from, the, <clears throat> from them. And I don't blame them because um, these animals most likely come from a breeder and um, you don't know how legitimate that breeder is. Uh, and it's like a snake mill, a guinea pig mill, a puppy mill. Um, and it's all, it all boils down to the money. You know, I'll buy, pay you this much for uh, 50 iguanas, and then uh, they'll sell them for $25, $30. But they're not really the best pet uh, for a child. You know, and I know teenagers that have had corn snakes that are not uh, venomous. But, you know, they do grow. Uh, I'm not sure how large a corn snake can get. Um, I don't think they sell pythons. Um, of course, you can go to reptile shells, if you've heard of those, um, and you can buy uh, tarantulas, iguanas, bearded dragons, snakes. And I really don't know why these stadiums or halls allow this. It's like, I'm not going to get into the um, <clears throat> NRA, 
but gun shows. Gun shows to me are a little bit more dangerous, but so are these reptile shows. Um, and that angers me. I think those should be closed down besides the um, money-making uh, roadside zoos. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I no, no question. I mean, the, the reptile uh, shows are, <clears throat> again, it, it's attracting. And, and I, I love the fact people appreciate reptiles and they appreciate snakes and they, uh, and they want to understand more about it. I'm not, you know, like as pets go, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dog and cat <laughs> person and I feed feral cats and, and, you know, I'm, I'm all for, uh, people, uh, sharing their homes with, uh, with animals. Um, snakes, the same thing with snakes and or reptiles, as long as they have proper, uh, handling, as long as they have, the proper room that is uh, is there, and I, I just I, I just am very concerned about gigantic uh, pythons uh, being kept in in small you know relatively small cages, and um, you know I don't know how great the health is well how great that is for the health of of the snake or the the happiness or whatever of the snake. Now they'll say, well, they get plenty of uh, exercise, they take it out. There, there are people who handle snakes very, very well. I'm just concerned that uh, that that the people, when they get overwhelmed, uh, they start putting it into the environment. They start putting it into the uh, the grass round, uh, lands in in Florida, and that's why we have an uh, a non-indigenous people, an invasive um, species, um, going uh, you know going crazy in in Florida. I I don't know what the population is of uh, Burmese uh, pythons, but obviously they're not uh, indigenous to uh, to South Florida or anywhere in Florida. This is a this is a foreign snake, and and they've only gotten there by uh, by people letting their snakes go, thinking, well, I'm going to put them in the wild, or I'm going to put her in the wild and see what happens. But um, it's uh, it's causing all kinds of damage. Yeah, and the the one other side of that is. Um, they're feeding on the natural wildlife. Uh, if a python gets large enough um, <clears throat> and their jaws um, open up wide enough to take in a rabbit, um, they've had, well, not just mice, but rabbits, um, small deer, uh, people don't realize their jaws open that big. They just unhinge. And their teeth are backwards. Uh, they have their little tongue, you know. But they're backwards because when they open that mouth as wide as they can to take in a, a fawn, for example, they uh, grab it and then they um, wrap their body around to suffocate it. And then when they pull it in with their mouth and those backward teeth that until they have it all the way in. Then they don't have to eat for another two months, you know. And uh, But you're right, they have uh, python hunters now. 
that are going out and getting them to try to eradicate the uh, population, but there are so many there. And with the, um, the tornado or the hurricane one year that uh, wiped out a um, building that houses uh, reptiles for the zoo, um, that was knocked down, and then that's where they got all the pythons. And um, a, a python will even take down a, a small alligator. You know, they're not afraid of, of anything. And um, that's, that's the tragedy, though. Florida is overrun with iguanas, green iguanas, which people love to have as a pet. But you have to... You have to know how to take care of that animal if you're going to be serious about it. And if you're serious about it, keep it for its life. Don't think, uh, you know, how can you play with an iguana? Mm. You know, I, I had, when I taught school, I had a father come up. Uh, he had an iguana on a leash. Oh, God. Uh, a harness and a leash. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say, I didn't say anything. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. want them to say, ooh, you know. But I thought that was really, uh, well, maybe he was taking care of it good. I don't know what iguanas eat. But there were some schools that had uh, iguanas in the right kind of habitat. But I never had a reptile. Uh, well, I had a tortoise. But, um, he just roams up the uh, room. The kids thought he pretend that he was a dog. Uh, <laughs> I, I got yeah. him. My kids were very uh, inventive. Um, I got him the second year I taught preschool. And I taught for 25 years. And uh the sixth grade teacher went to a pet store once and explained uh, Spock, that was his name, um, how do you tell the difference? And they told it, well, now that I've been retired, Spot is about 40 years old. And he's still the same size, but I had no problem with him. The kids never touched him. He just walked around the room like he owned it, and they said, oh, there goes the dog. But I explained to them the different parts of the tortoise. You know, what he does, they watched him eat his bananas um, and his lettuce. And um, <clears throat> I had my uh, classroom door open. So I went to get him to put him back in his carrier and I told, I told, oh, we're Spot. So uh, we looked all around, and one little boy came up to me and said, Miss Brisky, he's walking down the hall. <laughs> so I had to go all the way down and get him. Uh, he's He's been with me for a long time. I love him. Uh, he loves to be scratched with a toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, and I even take a piece of yarn and put it around his shell and I can walk him down the street. 
I mean, tortoises, this one, <laughs> walked so fast. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, that's just me. I uh, I know I, I wrapped on, uh, ragged more or less on uh, reptiles. But this was, you know, a long time. They still sell them. Uh, yeah. They'll sell Russian tortoises. Uh, this is an eastern box turtle that I bought you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, they're almost extinct in the wild, so I'm uh, honored to have Spot with me. Or <laughs> He'll probably outlast me. Yeah, well, outlast us all. They live a long time, tar uh, turtles and yeah. tortoises. So, um, listen, great, great work as always, Diane. Uh, we have so much to talk about, and uh, again, uh, let's let's give a shout out to PETA. And uh, you know, again, I had uh, Ingrid Newkirk, you know, the founder of PETA, on my show. It was a real honor to have her. She's a heroic figure, obviously, and uh, you know, the people that are doing the work at at PETA, um, just uh, wonderful work. Uh, by the way, we got a nice uh, uh, outreach from uh, Nicole um, Meyer. I'm just looking at it now, and I don't even know that I got got back to her on it, but she's the media officer at PETA. And at, and if uh, if you're listening, Nicole, great work to all of you and, and the folks uh, there. And, uh, you know, keep up the great work. And, and uh, maybe uh, Diane will be reaching out to you, and, and I'll reach out to you too. And if there's anything we can do, um, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's be helpful if we can. And, and we encourage other people with shows to be helpful to the work that PETA's doing. Uh, Diane, thanks for being here. Oh, well, you know, I always love talking to you and your audience. Well, you're the best. Uh, Diane Brisky, everyone. She's the author of Now You See Me, From Endangered to Extinct. And it is uh, just a great book. And she's just uh, she's got a heart in the right place. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. Talk radio.